Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary's latest book is The Customer Conundrum, Nine Crucial Steps for Winning Customers and Outsmarting Your Competition. He's also the author of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday on this beautiful second day of May. Uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous morning out there. Really enjoyed the ride up here this morning. And uh, uh, since it is Al Kim's birthday this month, uh, my thanks to him for bringing along this beautiful, beautiful weather. Uh, good to be with you folks this morning. I'm sorry if I, uh, if I sound a little bit froggy. I'm just getting over uh, a cold. Now, it was actually interesting. I was chatting with Al just a couple of minutes before uh, I came on air here, and uh, I told him, you know, my, I, uh, I feel like uh, sometimes when my voice is, uh, is frogged up like this that it actually sounds a little bit better uh, and that secretly I'm, uh, I'm interested in having a voice like Stuart Vaughney from, uh, from Fox News. So anyway, uh, welcome to the Gary Smith Show. It's great to have you guys along for the ride today. We are going to have a great time, uh, so please just uh, don't touch the dial. Stay with us. We have an interesting topic today, and that is religion and business. And it's specifically talking about Christianity, uh, since we are a Christian radio station. But it's the the whole concept of how do we, uh, as business people, deal with our faith? How does our faith integrate into what we do? What's our attitude toward that? What limitations do we place uh, upon ourselves, rightly or wrongly, uh, for how we should share our faith in the uh, in the marketplace, and how do we deal with uh, with a culture that seems to be increasingly uh, anti Christian uh, in the in its approach to things? Uh, and and looking back, I mean, I think if you go back in the history. Uh, of our country, we were founded as an American or as a Christian nation, and all of the you know all of the founding documents refer to that. Uh, God is you know is not only prominently mentioned but prominently displayed uh, in many of our buildings in Washington D.C. and in state buildings uh, around the country. Uh, so I think it's you know it's a pretty well established fact that you know that America was founded as a Christian nation, and yet today we have uh, you know we have an administration in Washington D.C. where it's been very plainly uh, said that America is no longer a Christian nation and that we are indeed living in uh, in a post-Christian era in America. And, and one of the questions that I want to talk about today is, what's the significance of this? What's the significance uh, as far as, uh, as Christians are concerned? What's the significance as far as the impact on our nation? And, and what do we really need to be doing uh, as far as the awakening of the Christian church? And how do we deal with, um, you know, with other religions and, and beliefs that go contrary to 
um, you know, to the to the Christian faith. And one of the things we're you know going to be specifically talking about is some of the things that have been coming up in the news in relationship to um, you know to the gay and lesbian community and uh, and their interface with Christian businesses and the and the and the uh, the way businesses uh, have been responding and the way the government has responded to the stance that some of the businesses have taken and what we really should be should be doing about that. Today we have uh, yeah, we have two guests with us. Uh, we have Allison Demers Campagna and Colleen Ferrari. Uh, this is a pre-recorded segment, and we're going to play it for you in just a couple of minutes in its entirety. Uh, it's about twenty-five minutes long, and it was one of those uh, interviews uh, we did it uh, downtown uh, Hartford in Colleen's office, and the the way the conversation flowed, it was just as I went through and was preparing for the show today, it was just became very very evident that we were not going to be able. To to split it up that everybody needed to hear it as one segment. So um, what I'm going to ask you to do uh, after I introduce the ladies is we'll play the segment. Take notes on things. Uh, and if you have questions, comments, uh, things you'd like to discuss, give us a call at 860-432-9735. Text messages to 860-856-7193 or uh, emails to questions at optex.com. Uh, our first guest who was part of the recording is Allison Demers Campagna, and she's a minister at the First Assembly of God Church in Waterbury. And it's interesting because uh, Allison, in a prior life, was uh, a news director and a newscaster for over 20 years at CBS Radio and Television. She had the opportunity to travel the world interviewing leaders and celebrities, but her real heart is for ministry. She's been involved in aspects of ministry, uh, doing uh, you know everything from cleaning church bathrooms to missions work in Kenya, where she was visiting priv- prisons and uh, and working with people in some of the most impoverished areas of the world. You know, she's spoken at women's conferences locally, nationally, and internationally, including uh, on the island of Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. Her husband Frank is also a minister. And he leads the men's ministry at their church, uh, and they're both very, very involved in church ministry today. And Allison and Frank have been married for 22 years, and they have two daughters, uh, ages 18 and 11. Uh, and that's just uh, exciting to me to see uh, Allison branching out and using the you know the gifts that God has given her in ministry. And our other guest today is is Colleen Ferrari. And uh, it's interesting because way back in 2009, uh, Colleen was moved by a speech given by Marielle Giuliano, uh, the former president of Verve Clico uh, Champagnes, uh, but not in the way that uh, most people would have expected. Um, at the time, Colleen was leading a team of 3,500 employees uh, in a $440 million marketplace. And she was aghast when uh, Guglielmo's remarks to a room full of mi- women at Bryant University when she proclaimed, "I'm here to tell you, ladies, you cannot have it all." You well, know, Colleen went on from there to lead a, a market twice the size of what she had been uh, leading, and she also, during that time frame, launched a management consulting business and a corporate event planning business, and then. Uh, Colleen left uh, Target, where she had been working in 2012, and she assembled a team of over 100 young professionals to help her better understand uh, the emerging millennial generation. And this group is one that she still leverages today. And today she's the founder and president of Small Business USA, 
If you want to find out more about that, go to smallbusinessus.com. That's smallbusinessus.com. And in that function, uh, she supports business owners in their quest to improve revenue and also to help them find security, life balance, and some financial rewards as well. So we're going to have a great discussion uh, with both Colleen and Allison. So with that, let's jump right in, and we're going to play this. It's about a 25-minute segment of Colleen and Allison. Okay, today our topic is faith in business. And to me, faith in business is a huge, uh, huge topic today because when we look at the news and things like that, you know, we see court cases over things like Obamacare and what they're mandating for birth control. Christian business owners refusing to do cakes or flowers for homosexual weddings. And in the midst of this, it seems like Christians, even in the United States, are coming under more and more scrutiny and pressure uh, and discrimination. And uh, so we've got uh, two great friends here today. We've got Colleen Ferrari, who's the founder uh, and president of Small Business USA. And we also have Allison Demers, uh, formerly of uh, Light 100.5 FM and also a minister. Uh, And uh, it's just great to be able to get together with you ladies and and talk about this subject today. So uh, let me just throw out, you know, the first question here to kind of get us started, you know, with with all of the things that are going on today, is there, in your minds, is there a place for faith in the business world today, or is that just an outdated concept that we shouldn't even be dealing with? I definitely think there's room for, for faith in business, and that's one of the things that I enjoy most about being an entrepreneur, coming from the corporate environment where you had to watch what you said and it wasn't free. And you know, there was just this recent study that 60% of Christians feel that they're discriminated in the workplace. And conversely, 60% of atheists also believe that they're discriminated in the workplace. So when you look at those numbers, it's so sad and shameful because I think that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to bring everyone with us. However, um, I think it is far more freeing in an entrepreneurial setting than a corporate setting. But I think that we should have a place for it. And I'm always alarmed by how many people try to push that out and push that away. I I agree with you because my husband has his own business and he's able to do whatever he wants. Like it's just already out there. I'm a Christian man. This is God's business. um, And this is how we do things. Of course, not offensively. He's, you know, but, but again, working for like a, a corporate setting, you have to tone it down. And I'm used to that. I just feel like when you accepted Christ as your savior or when you became born again, you signed on for God to to birth things in you from now till the time you go to heaven. So whether you're in the workplace or in the store, God's going to use you for his glory. When you're in that setting, it takes time. You have to learn how to speak the people's language. You have to earn their trust. It's not something that you can just shove down people's throats it's a process. So really what it comes down to then, and, and I know probably you have experienced it as well, is that there are those Christians out there who just sort of steamroll everybody versus those who just kind of quietly go about living their lives and setting the example and, and kind of looking for those opportunities to share uh, and, and having the integrity to be able to stand up for, for, what, they, for what they believe. 
I was a steamroller when I first became a Christian 20-something years ago. I was so on fire for God. I was like, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. That's the kind of Christian I was. <laughs> and my intentions were good, but that's not the way God wanted me to handle it. And then I got to a place where I was like, I'm not saying anything at all. I am not equipped. I am not a seasoned woman of God. I do not know the word of God. I don't know how to minister to people. And God trained me up for that. And so now I feel like I have the balance again to know when to speak, when not to speak, how to speak, you know, put on the armor of God and pray before I speak to them, ask God to prepare their hearts to receive what I'm going to say. And remember that it's always him. It has, it's never me. It's just me being used by him. Yeah, I think that's, that's really critical. And, and looking at it from a business perspective, um, you know, I think it plays into the decisions that we, that we make. And I'll give you an example of that. A number of years ago, um, I was working with an organization. Uh, I was vice president of operations. I reported to the president of the company. And one day he came in and closed the door of my office and kind of hush-hush, got something I want to talk to you about. And I said, okay. And he said, are you aware of this particular company down in Florida who's one of our competitors? And I said, yeah, I know the company. I know the people there well. And he said, well, I don't know if you know it or not, but the company's really doing badly financially. And he said, they may go under in the next six months to a year. So he said, I took a trip down to Florida a couple weeks ago. And he said, I found a manufacturing plant about a mile away from where they are. And he said, I'm toying with the idea of buying that plant and then trying to hire three or four of their key people away. So I figure if I do that, I can drive a stake through their heart and kill them. Wow. And I sat back and I said, okay. And he said, I just wanted to get your read on that. What do you think of that? And I said, you want my honest opinion? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, I don't think very much of it. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, yeah, I'm all for competition. And I'm all for beating my competition. If I can beat my competition fair and square by having lower costs, better delivery, higher quality, whatever the case may be, I'm all for that. But I don't believe in kicking people when they're down. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, how would you handle that situation? And I said, I'd get on a plane and schedule a meeting. I'd go down to Florida and meet with these guys and say, you know what, guys? I don't want to see your business fail. You guys bring a lot to this marketplace. There are some real synergies that I think exist between our two organizations. Is there any way that we can partner and find some synergies between our organizations so that you guys can survive and maybe we can provide better service to the marketplace? And he said, why on earth would you do that? And I said, you, you talk about competition like it's a bad word, like it's a four-letter word. And he said, yeah, it is. And I said, no, it's not. I said, anytime you give me a choice, if I'm setting up a new business and you give me a choice between going into a market that has competition and one that has no competition, I'll take the market with competition every time. You know why? Because there's lots of business out there to be done. Was this person a, a believer? No. Okay. No, he was not. Now, he wasn't an atheist, but he was probably about as close as you could get without being there. Well, because we know better. We know that we reap what we sow. Right. And, you know, what we do unto the least of men, we do unto God. So that's the last thing we want to do is harm anyone in any way, shape, or form. God will provide. He'll take care of us. If, you know, if we love on them and help them, he's just going to bless us in return. Exactly. What's really interesting is when you're telling that story, I was reminded when Walmart first came into the Connecticut market, 
you would go down their halls into their employee lounges and they had these gigantic framed pictures of their competition with bullseyes on them. So there was a picture of Ames department store, there's a picture of Caldor's, there's a picture of Bradley's. And once they would put one of those businesses, and this was the time that they were putting them out of business, once they would put these businesses out of business, they would put the dart or whatever it was and, and you know, the bloody dart on the bullseye picture and then they would take that picture and they would drive around the parking lot holding it up on trucks and celebrating the fact that they put one of their competitors out of business. And I think that's such a very old school mentality mm. about how business operates. And Gary, you and I have had this conversation a hundred times probably. It's when you collaborate and you work together. I mean, that's what Small Business USA is all together is bringing all these businesses together so we can work together towards a common good and help each other be successful. I really think it's also a lot more where companies, and I don't know if it's the growth of the Christian religion and people having bigger hearts and thinking more like you're thinking and like Allison stated, but I do think that there is a shift and maybe that's my optimism talking to. I hope it's I hope it's something I'm really seeing, but I think there's more of a shift towards collaboration and there's enough business to go around to be strong as an American economy. We have to collaborate. I, I think that, for example, whenever I would be out, um, when I was on the air all, all those years, other women would come in to fill in for me. And a friend said to me once, don't train them too, too good. You know, you don't want, what if they like them more? What if they're better than you are? And I was just amazed at that. And that's operating out of fear. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to give her and teach her the to the best of my abilities, and I'm just going to trust God right. for it. If he wants me to be there, not any man, not anybody is going to stop me from it. And if God wants Walmart, like in this situation, to flourish, right. it's going to flourish no matter who the um, – what are they? I'm sorry. <laughs> Competition is. Right. I don't speak business language. <laughs> sorry. That's really true. And it comes down to, in, in what you were talking about, Colleen, you know, if, what is, you know, as a business owner, what is my attitude? Is my is my attitude, I'm going to destroy my competition, or is my attitude, I'm going to focus on being the best I am at what I do, and I'm going to leave the results up to God. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the things that I know to do. I'm going to do things right. I'm going to do the best things that I can to be able to honor God and the things that I do. And I'm going to let him decide what happens with that. Well, because he gave, it's his business. He gave you the business. All, right. all good things come from God. So really, whatever money he gives you came from him. Whatever you know, money comes in goes to him. I mean, it's, it all has to do with him. Right. And that's the, that's the difference in the focus. And, and that's part of the problem that I struggle with today is that there are so many business people out there, both people who work for businesses and people who are entrepreneurs like we are, mm -hmm. whose attitude is what's in it for me. It's all about me and what I can get and what I can do, you know, rather than saying, you know what, it's not about me. No, it really isn't. It's about God. And it's about doing, it's about, you know, looking to him and saying, Lord, you've given me a set of gifts for yes. a reason. Please help me use those to honor your kingdom. So can we, um, I'd love to talk about this cake business. Because the, to refuse to make a cake because of someone's, because they were lesbians, I think that's what it was, right? Um, so it, it's so, I, I think there's some reward in how, it's strong and they have the ability 
to of their conviction to make that decision and not do that and there's a lot of controversy but in the business world there's also so much fear associated with that decision around the civil rights act around um around harassment and i just i'm so curious your take on it because it is a controversial topic right but there's there's some valor i guess in their strength and conviction I, you know, if they're not going to change, they're not going to convert them to Christianity, maybe, or make them not lesbians. But, you know, I, I hate to ever see a business, whether they're Christian or not. And, and I've been discriminated upon. We were talking about that earlier, just like anybody else. I think here's an opportunity to open a door to someone and bring Jesus closer to them. And I think sometimes, I, you know, I'm really on the fence. Like, I'm, I'm angry a little bit that this person wouldn't take the opportunity to open that door to Jesus and and to be there for all, right, all of Jesus's mm-hmm. children. But on the other side of the coin, I'm like, well, this was a very brave decision. And what do you, what do you think about that, Allison, from, from your perspective? I feel like I'm being tested at the moment, honestly. Oh, I'm, <laughs> so like, I'm sorry. So tested. This is where radio this is, is not good because her eyeballs just turn into well, like silver dollars when I ask them. No, because this is God. This is God for sure that this question is coming up because I'm a minister and um, I have many friends who are gay. And, and I know what the word says. Man shall not lie with man. He shall only use the natural use of the woman. That's what it says. However... Um, I love everyone because God loves everyone. And for me, if it is indeed a sin, that's still between them and God. It has nothing to do with me. My job is to love them. If they want to discuss the word of God, I'm happy to do that. However, I'm not going to call it out. I don't feel that's my responsibility. So, I've been asked, will you go to a wedding where people are gay? Would would I make a cake for somebody who's a lesbian? Um, if it is indeed a sin, I'm in front of people who sin all the time. Somebody said to me, would you go watch a friend strip? Absolutely not. I, you know, I, not even because it's a sin. I don't want to even be, I don't want to be subjected to that. I just feel like it has. you need to hear from God. Every situation is individual. God may not want me to go to somebody's wedding who is gay. God may want me to go to somebody's wedding who is, or he may want me to go to somebody's wedding who is gay. I think you need to hear from God in every situation. So for me, I, I would take it as an opportunity to love on them, not be judgmental. Again, I, I feel like that's not my job. My job is just to love. You know, I, I think you've hit something there. Uh, you know, Colleen, you know, one of my favorite authors and speakers is Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't believe that Stephen was a Christian. I think he, you know, I think he was not. Uh, but at the same time, he he put out a lot of wisdom. And one of the things that he always said that has stuck with me for years is always begin with the end in mind. And and to me, that gets exactly to what you were talking about, Allison. And. Yeah, I mean, as a you know, as a business owner, I can do whatever I want. It's my business, and so from a legal, if I look at this whole situation from a legal perspective, I can say, you know what? No, I'm not going to bake that cake. I don't have to. It's my business. I can decide who I'm going to serve and who I'm not going to serve. You know, so you know, lump it if you like. On the other hand, 
if I look at it and try to look at it through the eyes of God and say, what's the end game here? The end game here is to be able to reach those people and to eventually, whether it's me uh, doing the leading or whether it's me just planting the seed and other somebody else is going to reap the harvest down the road, the bottom line is, are they ever going to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ? And if I take an attitude and an approach that says, you know what, no, I'm not going to serve you because it's against my religious beliefs to do so. What have I done to those individuals? And have I put them in a situation where that will scar them so deeply that they will never come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ? They'll never want to have anything to do with God because I didn't deal with them appropriately. Well, I just want to go on record. I would make the cake. I would sit with them and eat the cake. I would love the cake and I would love on them because we weren't called just to be in churches. I mean, the Lord put me on a worldly radio station so he could use me there. So many Christians used to bash me. I can't believe you're, you know, with Elton John and he's gay and this one and and this music. Really? Where do you think Jesus went? We weren't just here to be cookie cutter Christians or speak Christianese and just be in the churches. We're here to reach all his people, to speak their language, to love on them. I'm not about an Old Testament God. I mean, I believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament, no joke, but I'm all about you know, God God is a disciplinarian. He is our Heavenly Father. But no matter what, we're His children. He will never leave us or forsake us. He loves us just as much as we love our own children. And I feel like we're not going to make excuses for people's bad behavior or sins, but we're going to love them through it no matter what. Absolutely. I love that message. I think that's a very, 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 very powerful message. And, and to your point, Allison, and this kind of takes us in a little bit of a different direction, but I think it's important. Um, several months ago, I had uh, Gina Loudon on my radio show. And she's a very outspoken Christian woman. Um, and has written several books. And when I talked to her and interviewed her, uh, one of the stories that she told me is she said when, uh, when she and her husband first moved to California with their family, she said, I was all about getting out and changing the world. I was going to change the world. I was going to teach these people the right thing. And she said, I was on the beach in San Diego giving a talk to a, a women's group. And she said, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just kind of, you know, slapped me in the back of the head and said, what are you doing? And afterwards, she said, as I sat and thought about it, she said, the Holy Spirit was saying, listen, you go on radio shows and TV shows where you're preaching to an audience who already agrees with you. You speak in front of groups of people who already agree with you. You've got Come books on. that are read by people. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> and, and, she said, and she said, I had deliberately turned down opportunities to be on other people's on secular programs because I didn't want to have anything to do with that. And so the Holy Spirit was asking her, so exactly how do you think you're impacting the world for me if you're all if all you're doing is associating with people who agree with you? So she said the next time she said that she got a uh, um, an invitation to go on a secular radio show and uh, and uh, with, and she did. And she said, I got some hate mail out of that, like you would not believe. But she said, there was a fellow in New York who uh, has a radio show who was all about you know, gays and lesbians and everything. And he was one of the strongest people. He said, he just reached out you know, through Twitter and stuff like that and just slapped me. And she said, I responded to him. And we started a dialogue. And she said, you know, today he's a believer and he's changing his world. 
And that's what it's all about. And so really when we look at this whole thing of, of faith in business, it's, it's really more about how do, we, how do we really appropriately influence lives for Christ. I feel the same way. I think in, in your business and my husband, at his business, he, he has Christian music playing. He has like a little thing on the wall. I can do all things through Christ. You know, um, it's subtle. And in time, he gains their trust. And you'll know when you know when you should speak or when you, you know, should share. And, you know, because I've had people come to me and say, how come you can get away with murder saying this or that, you know, and you have favor in that area? Well, I learned it over time. I learned what works and what doesn't work. If I start coming out with Jesus, 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 people run. If I say God, then they're kind of okay. And, you know, again, the Holy Spirit will will let you know. You'll feel like if it's safe or if it isn't safe. But I do believe that whether it's corporate or your, or your own personal business, God's going to grow you in that area and use you, but it, it's all a process. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's waiting. It's being willing to wait on the Lord for His timing and things. Sometimes I think so much of the time we try to do things in our own time rather than saying, Lord, you've got to be the one who opens the door. Um, there's a, a gentleman I've been coaching for a while now, and he has really struggled with a lot of stuff, with a lot of you know trying to achieve and trying to get his act together. And after I'd been working with him for three or four months, and he knew I was a Christian, but we were talking one day, and he said, Gary, I just can't get this. He said, I'm just so confused in my mind. And I said, you know why you're confused in your mind? Because you're confused in your heart. And he said, you know, you need to get that straightened out. I said, well, what are you telling me? And I said, you need Jesus. And, you know, it was like somebody took a two-by-four and smacked him in the head with it. And it's like, I never thought about that. <laughs> so, well, maybe it's time that you start thinking. <laughs> well, but it, but as soon as you do accept Christ, let's say, you know, that birthing process of you're going to labor a little bit and then it's going to come time where you have to push, you know, pray until something happens, pray it, praise until something happens. You know, so I think people think of like, accept Christ. So now I can just tell everybody what I think. And it doesn't work like that. You know, it's all a process and you will fail. I read. We say I rebuke it. There have been times I was in the car. I had the Christian music going. I was praising God. I was so happy. This lady beeped at me from behind. My middle finger went straight up through the moonroof. <laughs> no lie. I failed. I had just been praising God 30 seconds before. So don't beat yourself up about it. Just continue to be real. Let God you know, use you. And when you're wrong, repent and move on. Allison and I, I'm sorry, Allison and I have known each other a long time, but I, one thing that you have absolutely taught me about, you know, I used to say, oh, I'm, I'm not a prophet. I don't know if I could do what you do. And she said, I, you know, one thing that she has taught me is that you can deliver your message and you can help people find Jesus in a million different ways. There's not one way, but if you're patient and you're listening and you're loving and you're there for someone, the time will be right and the opportunity will express itself. But don't also deny who you are. And I think as a business owner, sometimes we're torn between if I if I deny who I am, I may have a better time marketing my business because then I can be everything to everyone. But one thing that we found, especially at Small Business USA, is you, you can't ever be everything to everyone. 
But when you, you when you're yourself, you're the mo most authentic business mm -hmm. owner you can be, and you're going to inspire that trust from everyone. So whether it's wearing your religion on your sleeve or as Allison has taught me, be patient about how you get your message across and when the time is right, because God will tell you when the time is right. But I, you know, don't, I think sometimes we get as business owners too hung up in, is it the right thing to do is, should I share my, my ideals, I guess, my religion, my thoughts, will it hurt my marketing? Will it hurt my business or, or maybe it might just help it. You know, oh, if you put, you know, again, if, if seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you put God first, he's going to put you first. If you say this is your business, God, you know, he's going to bless it. So, but is it easy? No, not at all. No. But yeah, it's, it's, it's his. It's one of those things that's it's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's simple for us to say, yeah, this is the way it should be. And it's right. a completely different thing to really live it out in practice every day. Um, but I, I agree with you, Allison. I think that above all, if our hearts are in a position and we're not perfect, I mean, we're sinners and saved by That's the right. grace of God. Um, so we're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. We're going to, you know, we're going to do things that, you know, that we shouldn't do. Um, but God knows that. He yeah. knows that we're not perfect, yeah. and he right. loves us when we come running back to him. He and say, yeah, loves broken, it, you know? yes. And, and he's he's forgiving, you know, when we when we sincerely repent. But I, I really believe firmly that when we when our hearts are in a position where our attitude says, "God, all I want to do is honor you through my business, through everything that I do," he really he really does honor that. I agree. And he and he will, you know, and from that standpoint, you know, he will give us the desires of our heart. Yes. And, and absolutely. In time. Absolutely. So, so with that, we're out of time, ladies, but uh, this has been a wonderful discussion. Uh, I just, you know, we've been trying for a long time to get together here, and I've wanted to have this conversation for so long. So, uh, Colleen, Allison, thank you so much for being with thank us Thank you. Thank you, Gary. My pleasure. Wow, what a great conversation. So much that we can uh, talk about coming out of that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, I'll pick up on some of the threads of that discussion and, and talk about a few things. Uh, but in the meantime, if you guys have any questions or anything, call in 860-432-9735, text to 856-7193, or questions at optex.com if you want to send an email in. We're going to take a quick break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more of the Gary Smith Show. You asked for it and it's finally here. It's the new life-changing radio app for smartphones and devices. No unwanted soliciting ads and no personal information required. It's just a simple way to listen 24-7, check out the program guide, schedule the events list, get bills updates, our daily devotional, and more. All found when you download the life-changing radio app, available at Google Play and the iTunes Store. You know, I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition... They're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. Businesses are struggling more today than at almost any time in our history. Problems with our national economy, uncertainties in Washington, and the global political situation are keeping many companies from taking action and moving forward. I'm Gary Smith, and I'm in the business of helping companies survive and grow. From cost reduction and productivity improvement to new product introductions and market penetration, I can help you drive your business in the right direction. Call me at 203-599-1467 
or email me at gary at optex.com for your free, no-obligation consultation. Bright skies and quite pleasant through the afternoon, around 70 or so across the Connecticut Valley in the mid-40s tonight with overnight fog. Sunshine again for tomorrow, an isolated afternoon shower, low 70s. Sunshine for Monday as well as the warm-up continues, upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. AM 1550 WSDK. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show, where we've been talking with uh, Colleen Ferrari and Allison Demers Campagna about uh, the place of faith in business today. Uh, again, if you want to, um, you know, if you want to call in eight six zero four three two nine seven three five. Text messages to 860-856-7193 or emails to questions at optex.com. I know this can be a bit of a delicate subject to to talk about as far as the place of Christianity in the business world today, Um, but I think that it's it's a subject that we need to talk about. Uh, especially as many of us are hoping and praying for uh, an awakening uh, of the Christian people in this uh, in this nation, uh, it's a real, real challenge. And uh, and it was interesting uh, while we were uh, while we were here uh, listening to the uh, to the broadcast. My wife actually sent me uh, an email saying that um, some schools now up in Massachusetts are requiring uh, children to learn Islamic prayers. And uh, and it, it just is really really troubling to me that now uh, you know the you know the the United States that was one of the you know back at our founding and for the first you know hundred or hundred and fifty years that we were in existence was a Christian nation we were a hotbed of Christianity you know and now God has been kicked out of our schools for how many years now but all of a sudden Allah is allowed in uh, you know that that sort of bothers me but you can if you Stop and think about things, the subtle shifts that have happened in our country that have seemed to progressively take us further and further away from uh, our Christian roots. And I was thinking on the way up here this morning, uh, when, I was a, when I was a little boy growing up in western Pennsylvania, um, Sundays, there was not a store anywhere that was open. Uh, the only people who went to work on Sundays were people who uh, were um, you know, working for the police department, working for the fire department, working in a hospital, things like that, where they had to provide an ongoing kind of 24-hour service. And even things like the police department and the fire department, they were staffed way down on the weekends um, because Sunday was the Lord's Day. Sunday was a day of rest. And on top of that, if, uh, you know, at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, if you were out walking around the neighborhood, there was hardly anybody out. There were very, very few cars driving anywhere, uh, very few people on the streets. Why? Because everybody was in church. And, and look at how that has shifted from then to today, where now even on holidays, businesses are open. I mean, this last year, I think, was the first time where you know uh, the the Friday after Thanksgiving is Black Friday, and they were actually starting that. They were starting instead of waiting until like six o'clock in the morning on Black Friday. Some stores were starting Thanksgiving evening at like six o'clock in the evening, uh, and things like that. So even our holidays, you know, and our religious holidays are being uh, you know are being interrupted, and uh, and and that becomes a that becomes a real concern. But some of the things we were talking about with um, you know with Colleen and Allison, you know, uh, Colleen made a comment about you know, God wants us to bring everyone with us, and I think that's very very important. You know, when we when we go into the workplace, whether you're an employee or a business owner 
What kind of an attitude do you have? I mean, what is the real end game? When, if you're really following Stephen Covey's advice and saying, let's begin with the end in mind, what's the end game? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And that is to win souls for Christ. And so how do we go about doing that? How do we live our lives in such a way that people will find that attractive? Uh, and, and, you know, like Allison was saying, you know, the whole, com, you know, whole concept of steamrolling versus sharing. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who are kind of in-your-face kind of Christians. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work some of the time, but I don't know that it works effectively most of the time. But if you're a business owner, are you running your business by Christian principles? Is that where your heart is at? Uh, are you a person of integrity? Are you a person of truth? Are you a person of honesty? Uh, you know, will you, uh, you know, when there is a problem in the organization, whether it's dealing with a customer or whether it's dealing with a problem with an employee, will you do so uh, in a way that shows people that you're different than everyone else? And will people look at you and say, wow, I would really like to work for Joe. Uh, you know, I really enjoy the relationship that I have because I always know where I stand. You know, he's always very caring, but he also is willing to point out things that need to be improved or when things go wrong. When I look at the way he handles the checkbook, when I look at the way he handles uh, relationships with customers, he does so in such a way that, you know, that you can just tell that he's different. And, you know, that's, that's seeing Jesus not through me coming to you or, or your boss coming to you and saying, I'm a Christian and you need to be a Christian. You're going to go to hell like Allison was talking about. It's seeing Jesus through the practical expression of how people live their lives every day. And it's also seeing that people aren't perfect and being willing to accept that people aren't perfect. I mean, when you look at some of the major characters in the Bible, you know, they were not perfect people. Uh, you know, David is a classic example. My, uh, I wrote a book uh, about David and Goliath a couple of years ago called The Shepherd and the Princess. And, and in there, that's one of the, th- the key things is that David, you know, David was an adulterer and a murderer. And yet God still called him a man after his own heart. So if God had just paraded people through the Bible who had lived kind of flawless, perfect lives— so many of us would be sitting back and saying, you know what, then I guess I'm going to hell because I'm never going to make it. And yet God has turned around and he has showed us examples of people, you know, who had all sorts of problems. And yet God still loved them. And not only did God still love them, God still used them for, uh, for his purposes. So beginning with the end in mind and preparing yourself uh, to be ministers in the marketplace. One of the groups that I'm part of, and I actually host a, a group in Southington, uh, it's the, the, we call it the West of the River branch of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. And FCCI is based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I've been uh, part of that organization for probably close to 20 years now. I uh, began uh, when I met uh, Drew Crandall, when I was actually working as a senior manager of a company up in the Vernon area, and Drew and I got in contact with each other. He had just started an FCCI group, and so I started attending the meetings, and Drew and I have stayed connected down through the years, and about two and a half years ago, we uh, we started the group in uh, in Southington. But that's the whole philosophy behind groups like FCCI, is the training of Christian business leaders, and 
helping them to understand how to integrate their faith effectively in their businesses. And a lot of times, and we do Bible studies and things like that you know, within our group, but a lot of times the discussions come down to one particular business owner who's having a problem. He's having a problem with a customer. He's having a problem with money. He's having a problem with one of his employees, and he's not quite sure how to deal with it. And so being able to sit around the table with a, with a small group of business people and and be able to pray about it, to be able to share the experiences that we have had in dealing with similar situations, how we handled it, what the outcomes were, what you know, what things that the individual needs to look out for, and things like that becomes such a valuable, powerful tool. Uh, and that's what we're all about. And we need more uh, people to join our group at FCCI. We need more ministries out there that are really marketplace ministries um, to be able to come alongside Christian business owners and help them do things uh, effectively. The other thing is that we talked about that I think is really, really powerful is the whole concept of collaboration. Collaboration versus, you know, versus the idea, uh, like Colleen was saying, where you know, Walmart was out there to kill their competition. Competition is not a bad thing, and especially as Christians, collaborating with other Christian business owners uh, can be so very, very important. I know we've talked about it here before. A, a number of the guests that I have on my radio show are people who are coaches. They do the same things that I do, and yet I have never, ever once thought of them as my competition. We collaborate together because all of us are concerned about adding value to the marketplace, to be adding value to people who listen to radio shows like this, and to give them different perspectives on things. And what happens over that period of time is that uh, I've, I've been able to develop a network of contacts out there uh, who I can go to for advice. Uh, but also, if I have a client that I'm working with and that client has a specific problem and says, gee, can you help me with whatever it is, I may be able to sit there and say, yeah, you know what, I can I can help you, but there's somebody else out there that I know who's, this is really his or her specialty. And they're going to be able to get you down that road a lot further and a lot faster than I can so I'm concerned about adding value to you. So rather than taking your money and being, you know, doing sort of an okay job with it, I'd much rather introduce you to someone else and let them take it from there because ultimately it's my, my credibility, it's my pref- professional integrity that's on the line, and, and, and it's having that attitude of service that is, that is really, really important. And so it really becomes a matter of, you know, how are we, uh, are, are we actively in the world you know, the Lord has told us not to be of the world, but he never said not to be in the world. Our, our ministry is in the world. You're not going to minister to anybody by, by strictly associating with people who believe the same things that you do. And so we need to be engaged in the world, you know, but we also have to be looking for God's timing in, in how we do things. And I think that's really, really important. We're going to take another real quick break here. Again, if you, uh, if you want to, call in 860-432-9735, text to 8567193, or, or emails to questions at optex.com. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about one word for the last few minutes that we have, and that word is influence. So stay, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. More information about the show, free downloads, and podcasts are available on the web at divineinterventionradio.com. I believe in miracles. Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? 
What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello, I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book, Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed, to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today. Temps finally climbed to near seasonal levels across the Connecticut Valley this afternoon, close to 70. Some overnight fog tonight, mid-40s. Sunshine may be an isolated afternoon shower tomorrow, low 70s. And the warm-up continues into Monday with lots of sunshine, upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Life-Changing Radio, WSDK. Okay, welcome back to the final segment of the Gary Smith Show, where we've been talking about religion uh, in business, specifically Christianity in the business world. And I want to say thank you to uh, Allison Demers Campagna and Colleen Ferrari for being my guests today. I just loved uh, the interview that I did with them and getting a chance to get their perspective on uh, on things that are going on. Also, thanks to Zach Hutchinson for being in studio today. Uh, yeah, Zach uh, Zach comes off an overnight shift at uh, WTIC. And Hartford and runs up here to help uh, Al Kim and then me with uh, with my show. So I really appreciate his uh, his being here. In the few minutes we have left, I want to talk to you about one powerful word because I think that uh, it's really really important for us to be influential for Christ. Um, but what does that really mean? Um, and and I want to in a couple of weeks uh, on Saturday, May sixteenth, two weeks from today, we're going to have a a live conversation. He won't be in studio, but we'll have him on the phone. We're going to have a live conversation with a dear friend of mine named Bob Berg. Uh, Bob is an international speaker and trainer. He's a fabulous, fabulous guy. So you will not want to miss the show. That uh, he's also the author of a book with John David Mann um, on. Uh, it's called The Go Giver. And in The Go-Giver, uh, The Go-Giver is a story. It's a business book, but it's written as a story about a young fellow named Joe who's in his mid-20s. And uh, Joe is a real go-getter in the company that he works for. And as we find out in the very first chapter of the book, Joe is one of those guys who's a go-getter, but he's doing an awful lot of going and not a lot of getting. And Joe has a, um, a contact with a gentleman named Pindar. And Pindar is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Pindar is 78 years old. He's a fabulously wealthy and successful businessman, uh, but a very, very nice, very genuine person. And in his first meeting uh, with Pindar, Joe uh, finds out who Pindar is. And Pindar offers to spend some time with Joe and to teach him his five stratospheric laws of success. And law number three The third law of stratospheric success is called the law of influence. And as Pindar explains to to Joe, many people think that things like money, position, achieving an unusual amount of success in the business world are things that create influence when, in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. People who believe that have it exactly backwards, and that is that influence creates Uh, money. Influence creates position. And influence really leads to whatever affluence and impact 
you enjoy in your life. But then the question becomes is, okay, if influence is so important, what is it that creates influence? And the third law of stratospheric success, the law of influence, simply says this. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you put other people's interests first. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you put other people's interests first. So really what it means is that when we go into the marketplace, when we're out in the business world doing business, whether we're dealing with employee issues, whether we're dealing with customers, whether we're working on sales and marketing issues or things like that, it's really not about us. It's about what kind of value do we add to the marketplaces that we're in and how abundantly are we concerned about putting other people's interests ahead of our own. Um, you know, I think we have a, a, a mantra in our world today that, you know, that, that says you know, that, that 50-50 is a great thing. And that is you know, what I mean by that is that you know, when, when, all, when everybody you know, kind of comes out even uh, you know, in anything that we're doing, then that's a great thing. And that's really wrong. You know, really, there's nothing more. There, you know, the, there's nothing uh, right about a fifty-fifty relationship. It's not fifty-fifty. It needs to be a hundred percent, because ultimately, when we get out there and we put others' interests ahead of our own, and we're not concerned about what we're going to get, we're concerned about helping the other person get. Then we will get. As a result of that, um, one of my uh, one of my favorite speakers and writers, uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Was Zig Ziglar, and one of Zig's favorite statements was that you can have anything that you want in life when you've helped enough other people get what they want. Do you get the focus there? The focus is always on other people. It's never on yourself. It's never uh, with them. W i i f m. What's in it for me? It's always what's in it for the other guy. And by helping the other guy get what he or she wants, ultimately I'll get what I want. Uh, but I'm not concerned about that. And, and I think the real challenge for us is that we, number one, we struggle with that kind of a concept. But number two, it becomes a real uh, issue for us because we're doing it not because it's the right thing to do, but we're doing it because we want to get something from it. So think about that and, and realize that your influence in life really is determined by how abundantly you put other people's interests first. With that, we're at the end of another edition of The Gary Smith Show. Make sure to join us uh, next week. Next week we, in studio, we'll have Joel Lewis talking about his new business, Startup, uh, Startup Dad HQ. Uh, so we're going to have a great time with him live in studio. And then the following week, as I said, my friend Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver, will be here. Uh, uh, we'll be here via phone, and we'll have a great time with him. Until then, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Get outside, get some fresh air, enjoy the beautiful weather. Uh, God bless you. Have a great week. Live your life on purpose. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.